Hi, this is Mistress Crimson. You're listening to the Massacast. It's for adults only. And if you like what you hear, you can make a donation at Massacast.com. Thanks for downloading another podcast. Okay, here's where I use the podcast for my own personal gain. And that is, uh, some of you may know, Saad and I are getting hitched. We're getting married. And uh, we looked, it's probably going to be next year sometime, 2014. Because she said she wanted time to get out of it if she wanted to. I don't know what that means, but, you know. And we looked into uh, having it here in New York City, and way too expensive. Just, we thought, we, we looked into one place, and they said, uh, yeah, you can rent this uh, little space here for, for the night. Um, it'll be $10,000. And I said, no, 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 not for a month. We just need it for, an, no, it was for an, a 10000 for. So, and there's not a local Elks Club that I think that we can use, so... We thought, hey, destination wedding. And we looked in. Sure enough, it's cheaper to just do like a resort, you know, tropical location and do it that way than to do it in New York. So, uh, yes, drink water. Drink water, dog. Right when I'm recording. I'll just wait. This is just every time. Every time. Get a microphone in front of me. She gets thirsty. So how are you? You good? Things good? Yeah? Almost done. All right. Now the drool on the floor. So we thought, you know, why not just have a wedding there? And it's, it's going to be a lot cheaper. The problem is, is that when you ha- we're looking at an all-inclusive or something like that so that our relatives know what the price they're getting in for. It's so hard to find out which, which are the good ones. So like my question is, have you been or have you done... A destination wedding, you know, maybe in Mexico, maybe in Jamaica or Aruba or something like that. Uh, all inclusive, that was good because some of them have crappy food, some of them are just horrible. And nope, stop it right now. Don't even say hedonism. I know you, someone was about to type in an email that said hedonism. My family is Lutheran, they have heart attacks. Stop it. So, uh, not crazy expensive, that's the first thing. Two, uh, not crazy expensive. And three, you know, just a nice place. Nothing too crazy fancy, but, you know, nice, good food. That's basically what we're looking for. So any suggestions, we'd really appreciate it. Massacast at gmail.com. So, anyway, this episode. Miss Reagan Black. friend. Of, uh, I met her through some friends and... Uh, within a very short conversation, it was very easy to say, this person would be great on the podcast. And I think you'll agree, too. Here it is, conversation with Miss Reagan Black. As a child, I grew up and really appreciated a sense of control over situations, and I didn't really become involved in activities until much later. But I always felt that I needed to run things. I knew what was best for everybody, because I do. And... (laughs) For example, even as a child, I moved from a a private school where I was extremely intelligent and got plopped into a rural country school where the priorities were a little different, education not being one of those things. Yeah. Uh, And it's, and I want this to be as gentle to people whom I know who may be listening to this. It was not a very intellectually driven atmosphere. And I said, something needs, nobody here has culture. I'm thinking as a fifth grader. Yeah. Nobody in this. You're thinking that as a fifth grader. Yes. No one here has culture. So 
I decided I had read a play in my, my Ranger Rick Nature magazine, and I said, we need to put on a play. So I told the teacher we were going to do that. And <laughs> you did that. I, Here's what we're doing, just to let you know. Yes, I decided that we needed to do this, and I told the teacher, I said, this is what we're going to do, and I got everybody in our class involved and put on a play for the school and for parents and stuff. I directed the whole thing, made sure we made costumes and everything like that. So that is... When I see something that needs to happen, or what is mostly what is best for someone, I, I kind of go in that direction. So, <laughs> so was the teacher just like, "All right, okay, the, it's your show." Well, there oh. were occasions before that where I had corrected him on his uh, factual inaccuracies. Like what? <laughs> this is just amazing. The, I, I I can't really talk about it because of. So, but, there, but he, there were historical facts that he was teaching incorrectly. At one point, we were doing math tests towards the beginning of the year, and I just answered everything and handed it in. And he said, well, you have to show your work. And I said, why? Because I just did it all in my head. And he said, well, if you do it all in your head, that means you're cheating. All right. So, to, so to bring it back around, it's I did, wasn't really introduced to any kinky activities, actually, until... I moved to New York and a friend of mine at the time worked at a dungeon mm -hmm. and she said, you know, this really seems like it would suit you. But I didn't have any inkling to the actual physical side of stuff. But for me, it had always been like emotional and intellectual and psychological. I didn't know but that like, there were activities other than what I already did that related to that. But did, but did your... your Controlling is such a strong word and sounds negative. I, I know it does, and I'm I don't know what the right word is. Uh, did your desire to uh, to take over the situation uh, did that translate into your sexual partners and uh, before that, before you were introduced to the dungeon thing, or was it just kind of as far as taking the dominant role? Yes. Yeah. So your friend said, "I've got this dungeon thing." You've got to check this, this out. She said, as I've gotten to know you, I really think this is something for you. Right. So I applied for a position at a local place. Of course, not having any idea what this was about, I dress properly and bring my resume <laughs> to, <laughs> to apply for, uh, it was a phone slash manager position. Okay. And the owner was rather surprised <laughs> right. when I showed up. But... It, it ended up being, and I she hired me immediately. I think maybe just for her own entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she actually left after that, like six, six months to a year after that. And I stayed on, and it became run by a man, which was not the ideal atmosphere. So I stayed on there. And but you were you were you were in a more manager managerial position there, or. Interestingly, it started just as a phone position, but I saw all the stuff that needed to happen to make it work better and mm -hmm. everything everybody should be doing and just kind of manage stuff. At you it. walked up to him and said, we need to put on a play. Yes. And I'm going to direct it and I'll make all the costumes. Yes, basically. When did you start actually participating in the activities? Or was it more of a fact of you saw someone playing and you're like, you're doing that wrong. Let me show you. That would actually be a better story, but no, I just, as a phone person, there's always a request to go into sessions, so you can be shocked and awed, so I would go in there and, well, that's interesting. Oh, shock and awe. And, <laughs> oh, you mean, and, you could, the, 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 uh, 
I wasn't shocked or awed, but but they wanted they yeah. wanted to make it look as a, I, I actually was a vanilla person coming in there and seeing yeah. it. I wasn't shocked as a vanilla person would be, but because it played up like it was. This is a scene they requested that someone walk yes. in and be shocked. Quite was this often. a common thing? Yes. I've never heard of this before. Yes, that's quite often in a house there will be requests for public humiliation or a vanilla person to come in. And that, yes, so I was the public and vanilla person quite often. So what would you say? I mean, you'd walk in and you'd go, oh my goodness, this yeah, is so they, risque. Yes. So, yes, and, except I would sound a little bit more monotone than that. Because, what are oh, you doing? I loved it. It was better than cats. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How long did the, the act, because most people, if they were to walk into that situation, would just leave. I mean, if you were a real vanilla, if this was a real life situation and a vanilla person walked into someone getting beaten over the head with a cat, I don't know, <laughs> something. Uh, they would go like, oh, okay, I'll let you guys at it. But, I mean, that's obviously not what they want. They wanted, so what would you, I mean, what would you? I, th I think it stems from, again, going back a few years for when I was in college, I studied uh, political science focused on international relations and comparative policy, which is studying other cultures and mm -hmm. other political systems. And it's made me very understanding of how other people think mm -hmm. and act. And even though it's not the way I interpret things, it gives me understanding that just because somebody else is different doesn't mean they're wrong. So I was able to go into a situation and go, oh, wow, that's interesting, but not necessarily say, oh, that's wrong, that's weird, that's crazy, I don't understand it. So it doesn't really freak me out. So you'd walk into the dungeon as the, quote, vanilla person. Right. And what would you say? I mean, you would just say, depending on what they want. Oh, my be, goodness. That's just whatever right. word I could think I of. I can't at the believe time. you're doing that. How long would you stay in there? Would it be the whole time? or No, because I was still trying to answer the phone. So I'd have to leave the door cracked and the other door to the office cracked. So I'd right. hear the phone and go running out if it rang. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will not shirk my responsibilities. But, but just, it could be five minutes, 10 minutes. Right. Running and but what running. do you say during that whole time? You're just like, I can't believe this is happening. Yes, or... any sort of random things where I would sound right full of shock and awe. But so you 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 did get some exposure to it then, and you right. obviously knew what was going on because you were answering the phones there and mm -hmm. interacting with people there. At one point, did you take a more active role in it? I'd say about two years into it, I finally started doing the occasional session here and there. And how'd that come about? I mean, you just you know, like, sure, what the fuck, why not? Or uh, someone actually with whom I'm still friendly. Today, uh, we text, chat, and whatnot. Uh, it, I had booked appointments for him and got to know him pretty well and what his likes and dislikes were, so I was able to actually connect him with people I thought he would like. And finally, I just said, hey, he's like, hey, you know me pretty well. Why don't we have a session? And I'm like, uh, I don't. Oh, okay. And, You're like, fine. Uh, yes. But what, what, fine. do you remember what it was? Remember what was the activity or... It was a, a variety of activities, a little CBT, a little humiliation, a little this, that, and that thing. But you had, you had observed it? Yes. So you knew what to... Um, so was this a situation where you were like... Because I, I, know, I know dominance, male and female, who... For them, the activity is not as important as the dynamic and the uh, reaction and all these other aspects. Of it. The activity might be secondary. Was that what it was like for you, or was there something like, whoa, I really like this? In that situation, it's 
I got along really well with him and I had to go through and learn activities because I had my basis on who I am Mm -hmm. and just after that decided wow there's all there are all these activities I don't know how to do so obviously that's something I had to conquer it's just like I will learn all of these things yeah uh and moved from there I left the dungeon after it was like about four years because it had become an atmosphere. I didn't like the cattle callness of it. I didn't like the women being referred to as girls. I didn't like a man running it and telling them what to do. And it just became a really unfortunate atmosphere. Even though I tried to take care of the ladies there as best I could. I mean, I helped someone with their college homework. Yeah. You know, just they cried on my shoulder about things. Yeah. But it was just a bad atmosphere for me after a while. So I left. And if I say about six months later, I'd met Mistress Winter there and we'd become very good friends. And about six months later, she's like, you know, it, now that you've been away from this, again, she brought, she's like, I need to teach you all of these things and how stuff really is, how things, because it wasn't right at the house the way S&M really was. I didn't learn the right way. She said you didn't learn the right way. I, I didn't learn. I didn't know that it could really be a positive atmosphere. It wasn't completely positive for me there. And I learned a lot of interaction between people and maybe not in the right way. And Mistress Winter said, I would like to really teach you what it's all about, which she did. So I apprenticed with her. And in a way, I do kind of see myself still as apprenticed to her because she still will always teach me something. Just, oh, come and join in a session. Oh, look, this thing. And, yeah, it's, yeah. and it's fantastic. And, uh, I've seen some of her classes. And, and, uh, and I remember one in particular, she was teaching branding. And this is, when I, this is when I first moved to New York. So I was going to any event, any anything that had anything to do with uh, female dominance, male submission, because I was thinking, if I go there, there's going to be a woman who's interested in of it. Course. there, right? <laughs> and I remember going there, and, I, and I don't think I remember even read the entire description. And this was the first time I ever met or interacted with, with Winter. And uh, she was teaching branding, and I was like, holy fuck. This is just, you know, she took something that it was just, would have freaked me out had anyone else mm-hmm. taught it. And uh, and she made it appealing because she was so happy and it was really a joyous thing. It wasn't right. Like, you exactly. Know. That's one of the things that she taught me originally. Besides branding, which she's taught me before that, but yeah. it's that it is good. It is positive. Yeah. And you have to bring. And that's what I do is try to bring joy into it. And as opposed to going in and being, I'm going to punish you because you're bad. Right. I'm like I'm, I think I'm a fairly happy person, and I just want to bring that happiness and have a good experience for myself and if the other person's having a good experience too that's Bonus. great yeah. yeah that was the first time when i i think i think hers was the first demo i went to um where i saw a dominant woman who wasn't acting like helga from the ss or something right it's ilsa but... it's ilsa <laughs> right yes you're right wow heaven woo <laughs> Uh, but you know what I'm saying? I, I like I say Helga just because it, I don't know. I forgot Elsa. That's what it was. <laughs> but um, but you know what I'm saying? That, that persona, um, right. which always kind of scared me, and not in a good way. I mean, I could find the eroticism in it, but it wasn't it wasn't my thing. It felt a little too fake. Mm-hmm. And uh, and watching her do it, that demo, uh, and how passionate she was about it, uh, really kind of like, oh, well, okay. There's not just right. this one thing you know uh a lot of people when they first start out do feel sort of a pressure to be to fit that mold of the yes thing i agree 
Uh, did you feel that pressure as well? Not really. I'm not good at acting. I took acting in high school. I took acting classes at college. I suck at it. I, You're the a only director? Per- yes. <laughs> the only person I can actually be is me, which is why my sessions are kind of odd. Be- I don't want to say odd. I guess I'm not very good at selecting Unique? those today. They're, they they have their own unique specialness. It's me, as you hear me now, is exactly the same how I sound when I'm out on the street or I'm in a session. Yeah. I just kind of do what I'm doing. Yeah. So it's I'm the same person in any situation. So I don't have a persona. Yeah, but I like, but, but when people first start out, they have uh, because they they find it hard to. I, I know a lot of people who, when they start out, they do kind of take they, on that. Oh, they need, yeah, they do need a, right. that to get into a particular headspace. Yeah. They need that persona to get into the headspace to you do that stuff. You didn't feel that pressure? No. Or you just didn't no. care? Didn't, <laughs> I didn't feel the pressure because I didn't care. Right. Well, that's good. That's great. Plus, I don't do role play either for that reason. It's like if I have to focus so hard on being somebody else, then I can't actually do it. Yeah. What I'm doing because I'm have to, I'm all my energy is in that other headspace. Well, I, I'm really inexperienced with role play, uh, and um, for for me, uh, I, I guess whatever's happening is is good enough, right? I mean, what's in exactly. front of me is like, well, how, this is awesome. Why do I need to exactly? But I can definitely see the appeal. I know people who love it, you know, absolutely love it. Uh, but I, Saad and I have talked about maybe trying something. I have no idea what. They were like, maybe I could be like the post office guy. Hey, here's your package, ma'am. You know. <laughs> Maybe it would just be fun for laughs and anything else. But um, for me, I find myself just getting so caught up in the activity or what, what's going on that I completely forget about all that, right? It, I, I would agree with that also. Yeah. I can't concentrate on that if something else is going on. Yeah. So you you still consider yourself a uh, being tutored by Winter? I would, She will be my advisor as long as I'm doing this and she's doing this, yeah. which will you know, be forever. But yeah. yes, I will always consider one of my closest friends and advisors. What what type of, you know, and, and I, I imagine it's very, having her as a teacher is completely different from having anyone else in the teacher. So someone, if someone else were to teach you X activity, you might be completely turned off by it. But because of the way she teaches. Well, it was also, um, I used to have, which a lot of your listeners who I really, really, really like. So don't, take what I said previously, but my friend odd is I used to have an unbelievable needle phobia. I couldn't, I had a few incidences in, in my younger days of, I had a needle shoved through my hand by accident yeah. and one near my eye. And so I was terrified. Like I couldn't even look, I couldn't sew, I couldn't do anything because I was so scared of needles. And Mistress Winter helped me through that in the process of, wow, maybe, probably more than six months I would go in on sessions where there were needles and I would to start off be in the room while she was doing it and we worked our way up to where she would put a needle in and I would have my hand on top of hers which actually took months I was really terrified of it and eventually got to the point where I was able to be in the same room and actually hold on her hand and not run out of the room and like pass out or throw up or anything and now I it's one of my favorite activities. Really? Yes. Okay. So we've got to, we've got to talk about this more because I uh, saw it's a huge needle person. Yes, I've seen much of her work. It's You've seen some of her yes. okay. photos. Is they're fantastic. None of those photos. Well, I should say, few of those photos were of me. 
any of the photos she had of me were were very minor compared to some of the yes. more extravagant With the feathers and that's not me right yeah i i could tell because shermie looks a little different than you we get mistaken <laughs> on the street quite often yes but uh so you know, of course, I was going to say you know Shermie. Well, yeah. Everyone knows Shermie, so it's like, yeah, we just had dinner with him yesterday. He's doing good. Um, so how did you? Because I would like the opposite. I would like to be because we've done some, and for me, it's very much a. I'm grabbing the sides of the table right. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Yes, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, and it's not that I'm afraid of needles. I go to the doctor. I'm not like, I'm whatever. I have no idea what it is about needles that in in a kink aspect i just the, the feeling of the cold steel is like maybe you know just kind of going through the skin it just feels like it makes well, my your, your senses are very heightened during that time period also so right you're mentally jacked up yeah and like emotionally and physically you're already jacked up so you mean the, i work the, out a lot is that what you're saying i mean clearly I, i'm yes. pretty jacked up <laughs> yes. you're right <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm not. Um, You're laughing at. at yeah, at uh, your it's You're totally. Why would, I, why would it need to be said? But it's everything is kind of going at 150 percent, even though that's not mathematically possible. And so, your even though the physical sensation is going to be more intense, it's amplified by your mentally and emotionally. Yeah. Int the intenseness there, so it's going to be multiplied, and you know, that's why you kind of freak out. I think we've gotten up to 20 needles or something like that on my back. Maybe it's on my chest or something like that. And the whole thing, like, I, I can't look. I cannot look, right? Um, and I would love to get to a point where maybe it's baby steps. Maybe it's every day we do one needle or, or maybe – because for you to go from a phobia to loving it, that's in well, six it took, months. it took more than six months. Yeah. And how often were you doing it in that six months? Like once a week or? Um, maybe every couple of weeks, yeah. depending on the opportunity. But this is something you clearly wanted to do. Or either that or winter was like, come on, come on. It was a little bit of both. It's, yeah. a, it's like I was old enough where you don't really need a needle phobia anymore. You can, right. it, it, this is irrational. You yeah. need to really work on this. So it was a combination of both. Do what? Ha so at what point? Do you remember the point when it, when the, the scale tipped from? Uh, because obviously, I think it went from okay, this is not so bad to I love this. It didn't go from this is the worst. Get me out of here to I love this. You know, obviously, there's probably a, a gradual progression. Do you remember when what happened? How that? When the it was again, it was very gradual. We did where I would watch her put one in. She would do it with my hand on top of hers and we did that for a while yeah. and when I f finally did the first one by myself it was just like I felt this I don't want to use the word release because that means something else in this business uh, it just I'm like oh this revelation th th it, it was a revelation like it, this I'm a new person now because I've conquered something that was unconquerable and then at that point you're like, I can do twenty if I can no, do one. I can no, no, it was still more, but it's it, after that break, it be, I finally had crossed the hurdle where I, I can really do this now. So I was still a little nervous after that, but yeah. just practiced. And I practiced on um, chicken at home, cook a chicken breast, and right. just practice on it. So, and, so it's a cooked chicken breast, not yes. a okay. Yes. Wow, okay. Uh, I've heard people using a raw chicken breast, but maybe it's the 
for you, you're probably yeah. like, it's got to be cooked. I don't want any E. coli. Uh, yeah, I worked in the restaurant industry long enough where I'm not touching raw chicken without. Yeah. Right. So what is it you love about it now? I like a lot of similar plays that are up close and not to sound like uh, California flaky, but I really get into energy transfer. Mm-hmm. So being able to touch somebody and have the physical and emotional intimacy is very important right. to me too. Like even with um, spanking or caning scenes, I always have to have my other hand almost always on the person because it can feel uh, the, the energy yeah, going no, back and absolutely, forth. Absolutely. There is a huge difference. I felt it too, like being caned or something, if it's really intense and all of a sudden, if I feel a hand on my back, I go from being like, holy fuck, holy fuck, to, to, to ah, you know. Right, exactly. That, yeah, that, and it's just it's such a tiny thing. But you like that up and close personal energy transfer. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I studied Reiki a little bit, and while I don't do it... Isn't it, that it, the children's musician? Yes. That's Rafi. <laughs> I'm sorry. What is Reiki? Uh, it's a Japanese... Um, transfer it's basically a transfer of energy for for health purposes mm-hmm. but i don't partake in it i was a level one reiki person but now i just like i use that i can feel people's energy a little better wow is there anything else you found that was similar to needles or was needles the big one Dude, one of the first things that i learned oddly enough uh in my apprenticeship was uh razors and scalpels like before before learning how to tie anything any knots, how before learning like any corporal anything, one of the very first things I learned was razors, ra- razors and, and scalpels and, and, and how to cut. <laughs> and that's something you enjoy? Yes. And it's the same thing. It's the very hands-on. It's very, it to be very, very, very focused and mentally in tuned with, with the other person. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to take all of my mental energy and my emotional energy and focus it right into that one very very particular thing and it's a very fine point that you're kind of yes yeah and it's i enjoy it because i I can i like cutting the very 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 top layer of the skin so it doesn't bleed at all yeah so it's it's, so exacting or it's it's very exacting and it's and it takes of an intensity i think that it it helps me focus really well so i enjoy that a lot um we talked about needle play and how you went from being completely skeeved out by it to really love it. Phobic. I was I was horrified and couldn't see anything. Was there anything else that you found similar to that that was No, I've uh, having a phobia is a really 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 intense thing. Yeah. I couldn't even see someone getting a shot in the arm on TV and without becoming ill. Yeah. So this it, the transfer from one to the other was a real one of the biggest things in my life actually that I was able to do. I can't watch horror films. Because, I don't watch them either. Yeah, okay, because I'm, I'm just a little like, if Saad has seen it before, she or, or if she's, you know, we're watching it, she'll go, you might want to turn away, so I'll turn away. <laughs> and she's like, okay, it's safe, and now it's, it's clear again. I just can't. Non, that's the same thing with me. Non-consensual violence, I can't handle. Consensual violence is fantastic. But when somebody is being, something's happening to them that they're not, they don't want to happen to them, I can't handle that. So you've said, uh, James Bond, you're a fan of James Bond? Have you seen uh, one of the more recent James Bonds where 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 he's tied up and he's getting his nuts punched or something like that and he's almost right? Yes, I've seen that. Did that so because it was non consensual? Did that? I didn't. It didn't, didn't toot my horn at all. No, because uh, I know so many people 
one of them might be in this apartment, who <laughs> was Gee, so, <laughs> so turned on by it. Not me. It was Saad. Right. Well, Thank you for explaining not, that. I couldn't figure that out I was myself. explaining it to the listener, not you, because they didn't really. Um, uh, we're so turned on by the non-consent about that. But it's it's so much for you, it bleeds into your, your TV viewing as well, I guess. Yeah. Um, so what else is your, I mean, what else is your thing? What else is you, I'm not asking you to talk dirty, but I mean, needles obviously was a huge, huge thing the, for you to. The needles cutting and... I also do a lot of tickling scenes and I like it and again for the same reason because it's a very emotionally and physically intense experience. They're, in an odd way they're very similar. Yeah. Because of the need to be very hands-on, the energy transfer and the emotional connection to what is happening. Uh, I had a, uh, do, you, do you know Mistress Widow? No, I don't. Uh, she's a, a friend of ours who I was interviewing her uh, she was uh, begging Saad and I were begging her to be interviewed for a long time and she was very sheepish but she eventually came out as being a huge tickle person right like mm -hmm. she likes being tickled yeah. she likes tickling it's a huge thing of hers and nobody knew this about her because she was so there was such a there's a stigma attached to it there's a stigma attached to it especially if you're sort of this badass dominant woman who also enjoys tickling because tickling seems even though I think tickling is there's a lot of people who have that as a hard limit, right? That's actually the hard limit I get more than anything else from anybody. Is, you know, it's slicing, dicing, whipping, beating is fantastic. Just don't tickle me. Yeah. Which you wouldn't normally expect, but there, that's a definite thing. Why do you think that is? Well, every person is different. It's There's a, a great deal of emotion particularly tied often to childhood issues yeah. related to, to tickling so it sometimes that's too intense for someone or it can also be if someone's a, into pain it's not painful exactly it's a combination of good bad uncomfortable and that's something not everybody that can accept as an activity it's too. It's a combination of too many sensations and emotions at the same time. And, but it's, you said it's the most common limit you hear. Those people who request it, what? It's something more sexual to them, probably. No. Right. So, in some cases, yes. Yeah. In some cases, no. It's because it's such an emotional in intensity for because it can bring up a lot of memories, a lot of issues. I have to be know somebody re really well often to have a tickling session with them. I have to understand their outside interests, their history before I can have a session with them because it can, in many cases it brings up a lot of issues for them. So I have to be able to handle it mm -hmm. as part of the the session itself and as the follow-up. I mean, there are sessions that are just woo tie me up and tickle me I'm like okay here we go and yeah. which I like also but there are situations where it gets a lot more intense and not everyone wants to do that because because the whole world of kinky tickling or sexual tickling mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it uh, is fairly new to me I found that uh, different people have different just like any other kink mm -hmm. different people have different specifics that they enjoy some people enjoy being tied up some people don't what are the different variables that you've you've heard? Well, there are two 
basic types of tickling. There's pressure, which is actually pushing. I can't do it with my own with my fingertips because my nails are too long. But pressing on particular points and like triggering their trigger points or lymph nodes also are very effective for that type. And there's also what we're more familiar with, which is the touch, which is I'm doing hand gestures, so I'm sure this is really helpful right now. Um, hand, um, which is this light touch on the surface of the skin. Yeah. Many people have both. Some people are just one or the other, which is a trigger. There are different body spots. You also mentioned uh, CBT. What else is uh, among your... I really have a, a interest in non-traditional fetishes. I've, I'm very drawn towards different particular fabrics, actually. So I, will, I enjoy sessions with very specific fabrics and incorporating that into it. Um, that was actually something yes. we, I, I can read... Uh, this is yep. something that uh, one of our mutual friends said. Uh, here's one friend said, and this is Alex. She said, I will say I'm fascinated with her fetish for fabrics and textures. Uh, while Veronica said, um, where's that? That you have a paper fetish. Yes. And in fact, you even live close to a Staples, which is very suspicious, she said, that you live so close to it. You have a paper fetish? Yes. We'll talk about the paper. We'll, we'll get to the paper, but different fabrics you have. Explain how you. I don't know where it comes from. Well, maybe I can. I have a, a version of synesthesia, which is how many people see it as the brain connects letters and numbers and colors. Mine's not really that strong, but it connects generally ideas with things. So I'll connect textures sort of with colors, with different sensations. My brain just wants to connect things like that. So I will, I am more stimulated by, by texture because it connects something else in my head. Mm -hmm. So when I'm feeling particularly like a piece of paper, I can, I, I, first of all, I want to put it in my mouth, which is not a good idea because that is something else that connects in my head. It goes from my hand through my brain and I want it like also feel the texture on my tongue. Right. And you're laughing at me. I'm not laughing. I'm fascinated. <laughs> this is not laughing. Well, what actually what happened was is you, you said that I imagine every dollar bill goes in your mouth. No, it does not. Those are dirty and gross. And that's what I was going to say. <laughs> no, I don't. Just because I have the urge to do it doesn't mean doesn't, oh, do right, it. Okay. You have that, some that's called control. control. <laughs> <laughs> but, but different papers have very, very minute different textural differences. Yeah. And I just really enjoy that. And so, they have different smells also, which I have a very strong sense of smell, which I also connect to the texture and to the color. Mm -hmm. Color is also very important to me. And so being able to incorporate that sensation into uh, play is just fantastic. So, and I would relate that to fabric. I actually see paper as a fabric. So how do you incorporate different fabrics in your play? I mean, there's obviously like latex or... Oddly, latex is something that doesn't. Does it do it for you? I don't do that at, at all. There's people who enjoy it so much, and I'm just kind of meh about it. So, yes, I, yes. I, the experts should right, right. Do yeah, that. Go to that. So, give me an example of how you incorporate fabrics in play. It really depends on the person and where his or her interests lay. Because I like to be able to try new things and explore new things. So when I speak with someone who has a particular I really like nylon a lot. 
And with it, I met someone who was actually from Europe who had a very particular paper fetish. So like, this is like, and you never, I meet very few people who have the enthusiasm that, that I do for it uh, and will also do it in a kinky setting. I know, I know a lot of people at paper stores and, <laughs> <laughs> but I was able to in, take, wow. So I took a bunch of pages of fashion magazines because those have a very specific texture and I taped them all together with made like the longest roll you've ever seen and mummified them with it because I could feel the outside and he could feel the inside. Yeah. And it was just, it was so awesome. And then of course, and um, also can you spit wads for people who enjoy that? And me being from the Midwest, I am quite the expert. You said spit wads? Yes. You, oh yeah. Okay. Or, or what do you call them? I call them right. spit wads, but okay. I want to make sure. I've also heard spit balls too, but spit that's like balls. an Eastern thing. This is what you, you're right. Okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, let's see. I, I can, I'm really, really, really good at making, um, weapons. I don't, weapons. I mean, implements. <laughs> <laughs> Your honor. They're not weapons. Uh, out of, uh, paper or, or other fabrics. Like what? Also, um, covering items with particular fabrics or paper or actually, um, winding them up really 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 tight which takes a long time and and someone who really enjoys it loves that really tight roll very slowly of taking a huge piece of fabric and making it into a very tiny hard implement right yes (laughs) so when you when when someone emails you and says i have a paper thing too are you just like do you jump for joy is that what's uh yes and but i i I have received those and not everybody's being sincere. Sometimes they'll say that just because I like it. Because they want it, yeah. But the the few people who do actually contact me about it, it's it's really great. And I get to talk to them, what well, what kind do you like? You know, what weight? What what is there like a color? You know, like what some there's some newsprint is obviously different versus The just, Times versus the Post is a huge I'm not joking. It is. Yes. I, I don't. I don't like reading the post for other than the content. Don't even get me started on the times and their lack of the Oxford comma. I'm beyond furious about that. But the paper is good. Yes, the paper itself is fine. The lack of comma is not so awesome. What is your favorite newspaper paper? Uh, USA Today is pretty good. I thought I, the I mean, Financial Times is pink. Really? Yeah. That's right. The Financial Times is pink. I was even thinking of the color. I was thinking of the the texture of it. Yes, to make, what's really fun, if you want to take paper and make it into a sharp point and you have lots of time to kill, is take a ream of just regular 8.5 by 11 paper and roll one into a cone and measure the next one out and do the same thing and put it inside the cone and, you know, go through. Do this over and over again. So you have like, you know, 200 sheets. Right. And form it into a cone. And then oh, one of my other fetishes is tape. And then take tape and wrap the whole thing and you've made yourself a really special paper pointy tape covered stick okay (laughs) the way you were making a hand gesture like you're jerking off i don't didn't mean to do that it's how you hold it (laughs) (laughs) right right i was like is this an anal device or what are you doing okay um so if someone said to you i'm really into paper and fabrics or something like that like what is your biggest like what's your ultimate scene with paper or fabrics or something i don't know yet you don't know yet? What's the it's, one? What, what have you enjoyed most? Or I have to say that mummification scene was great because I got so into preparing 
the entire thing. Yeah. I had to buy so many magazines and just sit there and tape each one together. And, but I've also had, as I say, I like different tapes a lot. I actually have an entire dresser drawer full of different types of tape, duct tape, gaff, um, you name it. It's it's in there. And I enjoy do that because one can make fabrics out of that as well. I've woven an entire sheet of duct tape together, but done it so it's tacky inside. So you, it's act, it's not really that tacky right. and wrapped someone in it and then t- taped the entire outside of that. And again, I'm using hand gestures, which doesn't help. But the, but the, the, the biggest problem with uh, an audio podcast is they can't see the glimmer in your eye right now as you're talking about this. You're just, this is, this is your thing. Yes, it's very. It's, as soon as I mentioned glimmer in your eye, you're like you toned it down. You're like, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna show it. <laughs> That's because I wasn't using any hand gestures. <laughs> if you didn't have your work as a dom for an outlet for tickling and fabric and paper stuff, would you be posting an ad on Craigslist? Not if I weren't doing this professionally. I'm sure I would find other outlets such as Fat Life and that sort well, no, of thing. Okay, when I, I don't mean Craigslist exactly, but you would be like, hey, you'd look good rolled up in... I, I have no idea <laughs> I, how that works. Uh, I probably wouldn't do that because I find that appalling. Uh, more of find places where people of similar interest congregate and meet people and get to know them as opposed to... Are there pa- out- paper Fat Life groups? Yes, up to a point. They're not really active or anything. <laughs> well, I do. Do you feel like that's an underserved? Maybe you could start your own group, and maybe that's an underserved. Funny, you should bring that up. Whoa, you did start your own group. Uh, actually, uh, I was as far as a professional group. Um, uh, quite a while ago, I was a moderator uh, several years ago on All Star Doms, which was run by Mr. Cheyenne, and that board closed and I for quite a while Irene Boss had like the most fun uh, discussion board I think but again she was had other obligations so she recently had to close that board and that left very few other options of discussion boards for the professional slash lifestyle scene that weren't run by men and I don't mean to come off as sounding anti-men but for professional dominance I think it's really important that women run what they mm. need to be running sure so i said hmm there are no other outlets for us right now so i think i need to build a, a femdom discussion board which i think by the time this podcast goes online we will actually be completely online also so nice do you want to give the url uh it would be allstardoms.net doms d-o-m-s mm-hmm. and you can log in and join and discuss topics when we're trying to keep this atmosphere cordial and informative. And is this focused mostly on the pro scene or is this just kind of general? Uh, the, the ladies who are moderating are all professional because those are the people that I know yeah. really well and, and I'm comfortable with enough to invite them. But obviously there'll be lifestyle people there also. I, I've, I've known uh, quite a few people, submissive men and dominant women, who are not professional. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think there are any professional submissive men, but you know what I'm saying, who, uh, especially uh, there was one, this is before FetLife, uh, someone in the Midwest 
emailed me because I had a blog and she was asking where she can learn, right? And I pointed at her to a ProDom professional board and she learned so much stuff just about dealing with submissive men in general and uh, just from going to what would be most would consider a professional board. Right. And it's not saying you must come here for clients only. Right. No, that's right. it's it's we're going to be informative and just it's going to be a place to talk as opposed to yelling, screaming, politics. Yeah. I hate women. You make me angry, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Where the which can happen in other places. That's a. There clearly you must have thought there's a big need for this because you created your own. That's pretty. Well, there is, and I. It's and it's not some sort of. Where to rule with an iron hand or, or fist, is it? Iron fist. Uh, you or, can use a fist or a hand, I think. Either made of iron. I think it just has to be iron, really. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, or to make money or anything. It's just there's something missing from our community yeah. that needed to be filled in. And there are also advantages to using a board like that as opposed to nothing wrong with FetLife, but FetLife is more conducive to other types of discussions and, you know. Right. Well, that's good. Good for you. And it's allstardoms.net. Yes. D-O-M-S. 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 Well, good luck. We'll, put it, we'll have a link on the website. Thank you. And also a link to your personal site as well. You can find links to all of Reagan's projects, allstardoms, uh, her website, Twitter, all that stuff, go to massacast.com. And uh, if for some reason you're listening to this very late, just type in Reagan Black in the search and it'll pop up. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Is it party time?